0: Solomon speaking. Oh, Solomon, the wisest of the kings. Verse 7. He says, I have seen servants upon horses and princes, or prince, princes, not princesses, princes walking as servants upon the earth. Let me read that again. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. Anybody understand that at all? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. In other words, what I think he's saying is servants, people that maybe weren't born into royalty, maybe were dealt a, a shoddy hand of cards in life, well, somehow they ended up riding on the horses. Clickety-click, clickety, 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 clickety But the princes who are supposed to have Arabian stallions and supposed to have everything given to them end up walking like a a mere servant. Role reversals. What would cause that? Well, could be, could be. It could be some stinking thinking. Or it could be some really great thinking on the servant's part. Maybe a A high achiever, an overachiever, as opposed to somebody who, man, they should have, who much is given, much is required, right? And this prince was given much, but now he's walking. He didn't do anything with what he had. Maybe his thinking wasn't there, and that's what we've been talking about. We opened a new series entitled, No More Stinking Thinking. Started that last week. And if you didn't get the chance to listen to that message, I would advise you to go back and listen to it on the podcast. It kind of gave a foundation. We just talked a lot about the need to start thinking differently, and we're going to continue along that line tonight. We're in a new series, No More Stinking Thinking, and tonight's message isn't called um, Changing Your Mind, Changing Your Mind. In some cases, that's a bad thing. <laughs> if you change your mind about Jesus or something, that's bad, but the way we're talking about it, it's going to be a good thing. Have you ever met somebody that was always right? I mean, besides me. I'm just, just kidding. Yeah, you, you met a lot of people that thought they was always right, right? But you, unless you met Jesus, you never met anybody that was always right. Well, my papa, growing up, was always right. If you, you could just ask him, and he'd tell you. <laughs> and he could be so wrong about something, but he would never, ever admit that he was wrong. He had famous sayings like, oh, motor oil's motor oil, it don't matter. Oil's oil, boy. And he would go and buy the cheapest motor oil he could find at the service station and bring it home and put the same motor oil in his tractor, in his truck, in his lawnmower, in his two-cycle boat engine, oh, uh, as long as it's slippery, there, boy, it's good. Never changed the oil in anything. He would just add to it once it started burning it, you know. And I don't know how many motors he probably burned up doing that, but you couldn't tell him anything. <laughs> Another thing he would do—he'd swear up and down that band-aids would work just as good as electrical tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh and he wouldn't use an electrician either he had to rewire everything himself and I don't know why he was always rewiring stuff I never got shocked more in my entire life than walking through his house minding my own business I remember sitting in his lounge chair one day and I reached up to cut the light I, was, zzz, zzz, and I grabbed some cord that he had band-aided together he would just clip the cord and go get another one and, and, and put it together and start using electrical tape that's you know, non-conductive he would use a Band-Aid. Couldn't tell him nothing. He lived in Shaw, Mississippi, population 406 or something like that. But he swore and down. Shaw, Mississippi had everything Memphis got. <laughs> I lived in Memphis, and I said, Papa, you need to come to Memphis. We got all this. He said, oh, Shaw got everything Memphis got there, boy. I said, he said, we got a gas station. We got a, we got a grocery store just like y'all do. I said, y'all ain't got no airport. He goes, Yeah, we do. We got crop dusters right down there, boy. Shaw got everything Memphis got. And he would argue and argue. He was always right. Somebody might call him hard headed. And he was. But I just think he liked his mind just the way it was. He didn't want to change his mind about anything. He was just, he was okay with the way he thought. He didn't care what anybody else said. And and as long as he thought he was right, he was good. (laughs) Well, last week, uh, our message was entitled Need to Weed. Not need for weed, as I explained last week. Need to weed this garden of our mind and get out the bad thoughts, right? Put in new, because in the great commandment, Jesus said you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, all your mind. But God doesn't want us to just hand him this jacked-up mind that, that we currently own and possess. He wants us to begin to change our minds. When we were born again, we talked about last week, we got a new spirit, but we're still in this same flesh suit, this earth suit that we live in, and we still have the same mind. And it's our responsibility to renew our mind and to, to line it up with what God says, the washing of the water by the word to, to clean that thing up, to get all the dirtiness and, and to change the way we think. We talked about uh, Lazarus coming out of the tomb. You know, he'd been dead for four days. I'm just doing a quick recap of last week to, to remind you where we started. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he'd he come out of the tomb. And he was still on all the grave clothes. And he had to send disciples to come unwrap him. So loose him and let him go. And it's a wonderful picture of where we were. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. We were dead and in the tomb with no hope for at least four days. And, and by now we were stinking, you know. And God called us forth out into his marvelous light, into his kingdom. And we step out of the darkness of the tomb, but yet we're still bound with all this stinking thinking and the ways of, of our past and all the experiences that have caught, wrapped us up and to made us what we were, dead. And so he sends, Jesus sends the disciples and he sends people and and. The five-fold ministry, and he sends brothers and sisters in Christ and TV evangelists, however he's been ministering to you, things to unwrap the way you used to think so that you can change your thinking. So you're not offering him the same old deprived mind that you started with because your mind, we're going to begin to understand, determines your destination in a roundabout way. And it ain't too roundabout. You know, a lot of scientists used to think that the brain was the control center and that it was hardwired pretty much. You know, if you had a low IQ, well, you stupid, boy. You'll always be stupid. There ain't nothing you can do to change it. Your brain's messed up, you know. And they would tell you things like that, and they would do funny things with people's minds. They would do lobotomies. I don't I don't even know what that, that don't even sound good. And they would give electroshock therapy and they. They didn't know what they were doing. They were just practicing medicine, right? And so they didn't understand the mind. But science has slowly begun to catch up with what the Word of God says and shows us that indeed we are not victims of our own biology. If you started out with some wrong thinking, that can be changed. You know, I mean, things can change. Yous can change. Eyes can change. We all can change, right? I'm going to quote from a book that I've been reading a little bit. uh, It's a really exciting book. It's called Switch on Your Brain. Switch on Your Brain. And it's written by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. And I wrote down some of her uh, accolades so that you would see that she's just not some Johnny-come-lately. She's worked in the area of cognitive neuroscience for over 30 years. In other words, she's a scientist. She did some of the initial research in neuroplasticity back in the 1990s. She pioneered what neuroplasticity is, is the study of the brain, that the brain is not just hardwired. It's not just an immovable object. It is plastic, so to speak. That's where the plasticity comes from. It's, It's moldable. This brain actually pulsates. It moves depending on the thoughts that you put into it. And so in the 1990s, she led the research on it. It shows how the mind can change the brain. Now, some of you may at this point be saying, oh, I thought the mind was the brain. And I thought the brain was the mind. That's why we're here tonight, to show you. We're, we're going to talk a lot about what is the brain and what is your mind, especially what is your mind. Her research in recent years has been to link scientific principles with scripture in other words she's a christian scientist showing how science is finally catching up with the bible and it always will if they'll keep uh, looking for the truth this is what she says in one passage in the book it's a long passage i'm going to read it but it's so good this is coming from a, a, a scientist who has studied the brain happiness comes from within And success follows, not the other way around. Isn't that that true? Isn't everything that God does from the inside out? You can learn how to learn and deepen your intellect. If you started out a little slow, that's okay. You can catch up. The brain is able to catch up. You can overcome those learning issues. You can get the chaos out of your mind, the chaos in your mind, under control. You know, they used to say, "Well, he's mentally disturbed, and they'd throw him in a, a home somewhere and never let him out and put him on drugs, and the rest of their life, they're, stuck, they're st- stuck somewhere. But she's saying that, even if your mind is chaotic, you can get it under control. You don't have to walk around in guilt and condemnation. What is she saying? She's saying the way you think. The way your mind is operating is leaving you in some of these bad positions. If you wired those toxic thoughts in, you can wire them out. You don't have to get stuck in bad habits. You can change them. You can overcome feelings of rejection and hurt, and some of you have been hurt so bad, and it's still pulling you down to this day. But you don't have to let it. Forgiveness is not the battle you think it is. You don't have to always struggle to forgive. You don't have to worry about things that are out of your control. You are not a victim of the things you shouldn't be doing. You don't have to fear that if a condition runs in your family that you're going to get it. You can balance your overthinking and your overanalyzing mind. You can bring balance to your thought life. You can overcome and control depression And anxiety, some scientists are showing you can even control and overcome schizophrenia and OCD. You don't have to keep digging in the past to get free from it. You can be happy and filled with peace regardless of your circumstances. And that was the end of that quote, and she goes on down, she talks a little bit more, but then she says, on the flip side Research shows that 75 to 98% of mental, physical, and behavior, behavioral illness is caused by a negative thought life. And next week I'm going to quote some more things that will really just blow your mind that she says about the brain. We'll talk a little bit more tonight about your, your thought life and your, your mind. But what she's saying here is most of... The ills of mankind are from stinking thinking. Last week we talked about uh, this Sunday we talked about the maniac in the tomb, you know, that cut himself and howled at the moon and ran around naked as a jaybird. You know, and nobody could control him. They'd try to put him put him in shackles and he would break the shackles. He was controlled by so many demons. And Jesus, you know, Jesus said. What's your name? He said, Legion, because there's many of us demons in there. And so Jesus cast the demons out. And they, the demons went down in a herd of pigs, you know, and the pigs ran down into the water and drowned. And so that made the pig herders upset, and they went to town, and they said, this guy down here killed all our pigs. And so they all came back, and what did they find? They saw Jesus sitting there and the maniac, Sitting at Jesus' feet in his right mind. That's the way he put it. In his right mind. Now what did Jesus do to get him in his right mind? Did he give him a lobotomy? He said, here, let's change that brain out. Did he put him a new brain in? Was it a brain issue? It wasn't a brain issue. Jesus cast out the source of the man's wrong thinking. The demonic influences that were controlling his thinking. And once they were gone, he had a whole new lease on the life. He might not have had it all together yet. He had a lot of growing to do like we all, but now he had a fresh new start and he could sit there in his right mind at least. Stinking thinking. Look at somebody say, stinking thinking. Mm. The brain is just part of your body. It's not the chief executive in your life. Let me say it again. The brain is just part of your body. It's not the chief executive in your life. This little seven, eight pounds of gray matter between your ears, that is not your boss. It's just part of this earth suit. And it's not your mind. In some regards, the brain is just an organ to facilitate your mind, it's an avenue that the mind uses. To to make you function properly. Turn to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Let's see what we're made of. Anybody interested? Have I confused anybody yet? I know my Bible's got 1 Thessalonians in it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. It says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. He's on a continuous improvement program. I'm sorry. There's no sitting in neutral with God. He's here to make you holy in every way because everything he's trying to teach you is good for you. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus comes again. He names three things that complete who you are. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. You want to know what you are? You're a triune being. Just like our God. Our God's God, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You are a need of the body, a need of the spirit, and a need of the soul. You're a triune being. Why? Because we're made in God's image. We're made to be like God. Your brain is part of the body. Your brain is just part of your earth suit. But your mind is part of a different part of you. It's part of your soul, your soulish realm. And what is the soul? Well, George MacDonald says, you don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body, but you are a soul. You see, when you leave this earth, when you die, they're going to put your earth suit in a in a little box. But your soul will be with you forever. Your soul is eternal. Why? Because we're made in God's image. And he is eternal. And because God breathed into man. And gave, and he's, when he breathed into man, they became a living soul. So your mind will go with you, with your soul, when you go to heaven. And our minds are in training right now to get ready for the next level. (laughs) Ain't that right, next level group? So let's talk about what the soul is. You're made of a, a, a soul, a spirit, and a body. What is the soul made of? It's your mind, not your brain, your mind, which you're still probably not having a hard time grasping. I understand. It's your will and your emotions. Your mind, if you're writing this down, your mind, your will, and your emotions. This is important. This is what your soul is. This makes up who you are as a person. Your spirit was dead unto God until you got born again, and then God infused your spirit with His spirit, and now it's alive forevermore. That's the godly part of you. But your soul is still a work in process. It's your personality. See, all those three encompass everything you do, your will, the decisions that you make. Are you in control of your decisions? What do you will What would you will? What would be your will in this situation? Your emotions, oh my goodness, they're all over the place. But they can be used for great good, just like they can be used for great harm. And then your mind. And if you think about it, all three of these are intrinsically linked together. It's like you pull the string on your mind and you're over here pulling your emotions at the same time. And your will. You say, well, well, what do you want to do? What's your will? Well, it kind of depends on your emotions and the way your mind's thinking right now. Make sense? So they're linked together. And so you need to work on all of those to get them in line with God's word so that you get God's results. If that makes any sense. The mind is your thinker. Not your brain. I keep pointing to my, I keep, your mind, and I'm trying to tell you it's not your brain, but I keep doing this. Your mind, let's do it like this, is your thinker. It uses your brain to do it, but you are not your brain. You are not part of the earth suit. You are something eternal. Your mind is eternal. Your brain is not. Your mind is your thinker. It's your rationalizer. And it contains the stream of your unending conscience. Have you noticed you can't cut it off? It's going to keep thinking. Don't think about a yellow submarine right now, none of you. Don't do it. But you're all thinking about a yellow submarine. You cannot stop thinking. Your, your mind is like a vacuum cleaner. It's sucking up something all the time. And that's why it says guard your heart. That's not in my notes and not where I want to go. But that's why, because your brain is sucking up things. And whatever it's sucking up... You know, you are what you eat. Really, you are what you think, what you think on. You know, if you're, if, I mean, there's just several scriptures that just pop into mind. If your eye be full of light, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye be dark, your whole body will be dark. And how great is that Darkness. So the things, the, the thoughts that you have, what, are, what, are, what kind of thoughts are you having? What are, kind of uh, downloads are you allowing to go into your mind, into your consciousness? The mind controls the thoughts and the intents of your heart. <clears throat> but since the fall of man, you know, our minds have been in a state of flux. They can be easily changed or the negative more so than the good if we're not ma- if we're not intentionally making positive changes and so that's why the devil attacks us in the mind because that's where we still have control the spirit it's good god's spirit's in us that's what we need he's perfect you know to to be spiritually minded minded is life and peace but to be carnally minded is what death so the devil chooses to wage war um joyce meyer says the mind is the battlefield she's got a series called the battlefield of the mind if you've never read that book or or listened to that sermon it's awesome Uh, life-changing kind of sermon that you begin to get a sense of what the devil's trying to do. He says, be not ignorant of the devil's devices. He's trying to lay you out. He's trying to get rid of you. And the the way he does it is through deception. Have you noticed the devil, he can't just come up with a jackhammer and hit you in the back of the head? But he sure can throw a thought and hit you in the back of the head that gets you to hit yourself with a hammer. Right? Right? Well, I just don't feel like I'm worth nothing. Whack! (laughs) He just got you to do that. Some of you, I don't know why I'm saying this, but some of you talk so bad about yourself, and you're just whacking yourself in the head with a hammer. And the devil's like, "I watch this, I can get him to do it again. You're no good. I'm no good. Whack! Who's controlling your thought life? Who's controlling your mind? You must fight for what you believe. You must fight against these demonic forces and these evil thoughts. Protect your eyes and your ears and the things that are going and and creating the thought life that you have. See, the devil knows that almost all unhealthy actions begin with a thought. I wouldn't say almost all. I'd say all. In this book, this lady talks about that, that before we think a thought, our, our brain has already processed that thought before it comes out, like a millisecond before it gets to us. And before you take an action, you're going to think it out. You're not just going to jump up one day and say, I, Hey, I know I've been a school teacher for 30 years, but I think I'm going to go out and kill somebody today. I'm going to, be, I'm going to, be a, I'm going to turn into a serial killer. I'm, that's a new career path for me. No, it's probably because for the last 20 years you've been into pornography. And you've been feeding yourself with the thoughts. And the devil's been getting one little hook in you at a time. And slowly he's swaying you to his way of thinking. And the devil's like, kill him. You can get away with it. Kill him. It'll give you some kind of weird sexual gratification. Because you're on the path that I'm leading you down. Because sin is never satisfied. So thought life, dirty thoughts. Ugly, nasty thoughts. The devil's going to get you to kill yourself or kill somebody else. And it all begins in your thought life before you ever act anything out. And the devil's always throwing those fiery darts. And that's why the the whole armor says put up the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The shield of faith is just trusting in the word of God. Faith is trusting in God, right? So you you, you defeat the, the bad thoughts. With the good thoughts from God, pretty easy, isn't it? It's time to change your mind. Let's turn to Romans twelve two. <clears throat> I know this ain't a shouting message, and, and I'm not, you know, much for teaching. I like preaching, but I'm trying my best. It's, I got to learn too. All right, Romans 12.2. I'm going to read it in the King James again. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The New Living Translation says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God transform you, not be conformed, squeezed into that mold that this world's pressing out. Any old fool can take that wide path that leads to destruction, but be ye transformed into something new. You got a new spirit, now let your soul catch up by the renewing of your mind, making new your mind. Not being content to a well, lot, I, I like the way I think. I'm always right. Yeah, and Shaw got everything Memphis got. Okay. <laughs> the Greek word for transformed in the Bible there is metamorpho. Obviously, we get our word metamorphosis. And that's a word we use to describe how a caterpillar enters into a cocoon and is transformed into what? A beautiful butterfly. But when we renew our minds, however ugly, sinful, and selfish we were, we can be renewed to be more like Jesus. Metamorpho. Transformed. All right, that doctor we cited earlier, Dr. Leaf, thirty-five years studying the brain. Okay, she said our brain is changing moment by moment. That's strange because I, I thought it just sat there. I didn't know it did anything. But it's been metamorpho. It's always in a state of metamorpho. Our brain is being changed moment by moment as we are thinking. So whatever input you're putting into your thinker is causing your brain I was just I don't know why I was trying to think of an example but you know the brain is like the tool and your thinker is like the the, the carpenter. You are the carpenter. And your brain is like the tool you're using, okay? So I'll just get that out of the way. But our brain is changing moment by moment as we are thinking, she said. By our thinking and our choosing, our will, we are redesigning the landscape of our brain. Do you believe that? She says all this thinking activity is real and can be seen in various types of brain imaging. I'm going to read some big words that I might not even pronounce right. And you may not understand all of them because I didn't either until I looked them over several times. But it, this is going to rock your world if you, just, if you just let a little bit of it soak in, if you would get the principle here. When we think marvelous and wonderfully complex and creative things take place, just by thinking. Just the mind activity from your reading the next few lines generates electromagnetic, electrochemical, and quantum actions in your neurons. It causes magnetic fields that can be measured, electronic impulses that can be tracked, chemical effects that can be seen and measured. So she's a scientist, right? They know how to measure these different factors. Photons to be activated that can be captured on a computer screen. They can look at the mind now and different thoughts, they can see different activity and the brain changing by the stimuli that's being applied to it. Energy activity that can be explained using quantum physics and vibrations in the membranes of the neurons that can be picked up by instrumentation. This combined activity sets up an intricate and organized sequence of actions of neurotransmitters, proteins, and energies that form a signal. Your thinking has just created a powerful signal that is going to change the landscape of your brain. So by thinking, they can can tell whether you're thinking a good thought or a bad thought by looking at a computer screen these days. They can see the landscape of your brain moving electromagnetically, pulses, things happening. And see, God knew this all along. It's all in his word. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. All these things are in the word, but we didn't understand how it takes place. What is the mind? How does it, how does it make decisions? Do we have a free will? Or are we just controlled by the, by the gray matter between our ears? It sounds like to me that science is catching up with the Word of God, and we better doubly rethink the way we think and what we're allowing in. Because I got some statistics that I'm not going to read tonight, but what the American Medical Association says, and what about this, and, and all these medical doctors say what's causing all the illness. Great percentages. Like 70, 80% of the people that's going to the doctor these days, it's something stress-related. I don't need to be just guessing the percentages. I'll give them to you next week, but we need to watch your thoughts. Frank Outlaw says, watch your thoughts because they become words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the man speaks. Watch your words because they become actions. Watch your actions because they become habits. Watch your habits because they become your character. Watch your character because it becomes your destiny. And where did it all start? With the thought. Your thought controls your destiny. Man, there's just so many scriptures pop into mind when I say these things. God looking at Abraham says, If you can see it, you can be it. As far as you can see, I'll give it to you. Man, if you can believe it, all things are possible to him that believes. But yet we're running ourselves down like we're our own worst enemy. We're not believing what the word says about us. We're not stepping into the promises because of our stinking thinking. Jesus told a parable about two sons. He said, there was a farmer and he asked his two sons, would they go out into the field to work? And the first one said, no, dad, I'm not going. But then later he changed his mind and he went. But the second one said, yeah, I'll go, dad, I'm going. But he didn't go. Which one of you, which one of those pleased God? The one that did it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna dare to venture. Very few people in here have said yes to God your whole life. I would say almost all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. At some time we have been rebellious towards God. And we said, we ain't going. I got my own way of doing things. Motorola's Motorola. I ain't gonna buy no electrical tape. I got a whole thing of band-aids. <laughs> we have all said, I don't need God. I don't want Him telling me what to do. Nobody needs that religious stuff. But here we are tonight because we changed our minds. We changed our minds. And we're saved because we changed our minds. We got to keep changing our minds. It keeps getting better. This work he started in you, he will complete until the day of Jesus Christ. If you keep working and you keep allowing him to change your mind, I don't want to be hard headed like my papa. I don't want to stay in the tombs like a maniac howling at the moon, you know? I don't want to be a princess. Man, I wish I had a horse. I want to be riding with Jesus. I want to come out of that tomb like Lazarus and unwrap. I want to hold still while Jesus sends other people to help me unwrap. That's some of the hardest stuff sometimes takes patience, but I want to be set free from my stinking thinking. I want to be that son that said no at first, but he changed his mind and he went. He did his best job from that point forward. Psalms 139, 23. The psalmist says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. How many has got anxious thoughts? I've been having anxiety lately. Can I tell on myself? I don't know where it's coming from. I kind of know where it's coming from, but I don't know what I've done, to, and I don't know why I'm having problems getting rid of it. Maybe it's because God knew I was going to teach this series. You know, I, I taught on Job one time. It was the last thing I ever did, you know. But, but I, you know, we're all going through stuff. But if you got anxious thoughts, let God show you the anxious thoughts. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And point out anything in me that offends you. Point it out so I can change my mind and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Is where I want to go. I don't want to stay in Shaw, Mississippi my whole life. There's a bigger world out there. More things to do that I may know your perfect will, not just your acceptable will. That you may renew my mind and have your way in me. And that's all I got to say about that.